I'd ask you to turn to Ephesians 6. Look at verse 5. Ephesians 6, verse 5. Bond servants. A bond servant, by the way, was somebody who willingly stayed somebody's servant or made themselves somebody's servant. And uh, it's not the exact same thing as being an employee, but it's, it has some similarities, and I believe this principle applies. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ. What is he saying? Don't work to them, for them, just as if it's them, but work as if you were working for Jesus himself. Yeah, but they ain't Jesus. Well, no, they're not. He didn't say that they are. He said, but work that way. Work as if they were. In other words, as hard as you would work for the Lord, as sincerely as you would work for the Lord, as good as you would talk about the Lord, be that way toward them. As to Christ, as to Christ. See, we don't have a lot of people teaching these values, but the Bible teaches them. This is the way God thinks. Look at verse six. Not with eye service as men pleasers. Not with eye service. In other words, don't just do it when somebody's watching that, that is going to assess you and maybe you could get some good for yourself out of it. Don't just do it while somebody's watching. When the boss comes in, everybody starts working faster. That's a two-face. That's a person with a lack of integrity, lack of character. Amen. Many, many people today take advantage of companies and their employment when the boss is not watching when nobody sees if nobody can see it they'll take advantage but the moment somebody's looking then they you know then they get right but the, but the bible said don't don't be like that that's the world but that's not us we work as if people are watching all the time even when we know they're not not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Whether you're the boss or the employee, God will reward you based on how you work. I remember when I was working for Stater Brothers and uh, I, I, I didn't do a lot of, you know, checking of the groceries and such. Uh, but I, I mean, I did a lot of it, but not as much as uh, most of the checkers because uh, what they assigned me to do was always to run and stock the milk and keep things going. And then if the lines got busy, then they'd call me up and I'd help, you know, get the lines down and then I'd run back and I'd, uh, you know, do the work that we had to do. But I remember I was always in a hurry. I, I, I thank the Lord he helped me because in my younger years, I was really lazy. But somewhere in there, God was working on me with these jobs that I had, uh, cleaning and such, and just working on me to, to hustle. And so I just ran everywhere in the store. Ran, ran, ran. I was just running. In fact, they called me in before, and they said, you know, we appreciate your hustle, but we're just afraid you're going to come around the corner and hit some old lady, and then... <laughs> We're going to have a lawsuit on our hands. And so I said, all right, all right, I'll, I'll watch it. So I still ran, but I watched it around the corners. <laughs> but I, I remember one time I was checking really fast and 
People would come in on a regular basis. They want to cash their checks or, or whatever. So, you know, you're used to giving hundreds of, of dollars out at a time, sometimes uh, over $1,000 out. And so, and, and you just trust that register. So, you know, you type it in, that thing says what to do and you're doing it. And I'm just trying to get the line because I got a lot of work to do. Well, I remember this one night, somebody came in and I, I, I don't remember what they were buying or whatever. And so they gave me some money and I think they gave me, uh, oh, maybe $40 or something like that. Well, when I was hitting the keys, I put in an extra zero and didn't realize it. So now all of a sudden it's telling me whatever. I think it was like uh, 200 and something dollars of change. It told me to give them. And I did. I gave it to them. I handed it to them. They walked out the door and it was about two minutes later, I'm checking somebody else's groceries and I went, wait a minute. And I realized what I did. And I said, hold on just a minute. I ran outside. They're gone. And here's what I knew. What I knew is that till that I'm working on was used by multiple people that day. At the end of the night, somebody's going to reconcile that till and they're going to know that one of the checkers on that till missed it or stole some money. But they won't know it's me because there are multiple people using it. They'll know it's one of us. So what are you going to do? Well, see, there's no option in the kingdom. If God is your dependence, dependency, if, if, if he's the one you're looking to, well, there's no option. You please the Lord. I mean, right away. I got done checking. Right away. I went and found my manager. And I said, hey, I just did something stupid. And I'm, let me just tell you, I didn't want to tell him, not because of the money, I didn't want to tell him because it's embarrassing because it's just kind of stupid. I'm hustling. I'm trying to hurry and do a good job. But then you do something dumb like this and, and I'm just embarrassed. But I went and told him, I said, hey, I just did this. And uh, before he could have a chance to blow up because he would have. He would have something like that. I said, and I just want you to know, as soon as the paycheck comes in, I'll pay it back. You, you tell me exactly how much it was, and I'll pay it back. He came back, said, I don't know, 220 something dollars, something like that. As soon as the check came in that day, I just went, walked right up to him, paid him back, and he took it. <laughs> you know, he could have said, no, nah, it, it was an honest mistake. Don't worry about it. He took it. And you know what? There, nothing in me could get disgruntled with him for taking it. He didn't take anything from me. I offered it. I acknowledged that I made a mistake and I paid it. But let me tell you, in my heart, I walked away and that was a big chunk of my pay that week. By the, I'm, by the way, I got things to do too, you know. That was a big chunk. But in my heart, though I was disappointed that I'm short some money this week, in my heart, oh, I feel so good. I feel so good that my integrity was trying to be taken away, slip away by the temptation of the enemy. And I just held on to it and said, no, 
no, we're not going to live like other people. No, we're not going to live like other people. We're going we're gonna to please the Lord and he's going to, there, there'll be plenty of money for me. There won't be any lack for me because I please the Lord. Amen. See, we're talking about the character, the character of God-given dominion. Many people say, well, I'm believing God, but they're cutting corners everywhere showing they're not believing God. If you were believing God, you wouldn't be cutting those corners. If you were believing God, you wouldn't be compromising. If you were believing God, you wouldn't be stealing from other people. Because you believe God. The fact that you're cutting corners shows you don't believe God. So you've got to take care of yourself. You're going to help yourself. And and what your actions are showing is, I, I really don't have the confidence that the Lord's going to do it. Jesus said in Luke 16, 12, and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you your own? God is saying, you want me to give you your own? You're not even being faithful when it's somebody else's. When somebody else is really in charge, you're you're not being faithful. How will you be faithful when you're in charge and you don't have a boss over it? Amen. I can just hear somebody. This is not an encouraging message. Well, for some people it is. For other people, I guess it's not. (laughs) But this is the message nonetheless. And I believe God's speaking to us. Let me tell you what I really believe. I really believe that at, at some point in the future, I really believe that if the United States doesn't get back on track with the Lord, we're going to go through some tougher times. Because the Lord loves us too much just to keep blessing us the wrong direction. And as tougher times happen, somebody, somebody might say, we're already going through tougher times. Okay, in some ways. But, but not as tough as it can be. But I believe that right now, the Lord is working on his people and wanting to put them in a position of strength. Wanting to put them in a position of security. In other words, if some, say something happened at your company and they needed to do some layoffs. Well, where do you sit? On what side of the line are you? Have you allowed the Lord to establish you with dominion because of your integrity, because of your character? Have you become that valuable because of how you conduct yourself? Or everything's okay right now only because things are going all right. But as soon as there's a shakeup, it's over. And now you're struggling. And there's no need for it. I'm not saying that that good people with character never get laid off because that's not true. But the Lord will provide for you and even get, put you someplace better. Amen. See, because God is faithful all the time. He's faithful all the time. Here's number three. David trusted God to promote him at the right time. David trusted God to promote him at the right time. First Peter five, six says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. That he may exalt you in due time. In due time. David could have promoted himself and killed Saul, but he wouldn't. David could have, could have talked to people, had conversations 
with people to try to strengthen his position so that people would want David instead of Saul, like Absalom did to David later on. And Absalom kept having conversations to get people to see him as a leader. Do you remember that? And eventually ran his dad out of town. But it cost him his life. I said it cost him his life. But he's having conversations promoting himself. David had the opportunity to do it. And all of his conversations were, no, 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 no. That's wrong. That's wrong. We should not treat the king like that. Talk about the king like that. Do that to the king. Nope, nope, nope. The Lord anointed that king. If God wants him removed, he'll have to remove him. But that's not our job. Amen. So see, David didn't promote himself. I remember when I was working as a youth pastor at our church, uh, you know, we, we had our guidelines of how we worked and how much time we had to take off and, and freedom and such. And of course, it's the early years of, of ministry for me. And, uh, but I remember one day, you know, I, I'd been a youth pastor for some, some years, maybe five or six years. And I, I, just, I just wanted to be able to go to a conference. You know, just go to a conference, just be fed and not have to take vacation time to do it. And I remember I didn't, I didn't say anything to anybody, but I'll, I'll never forget where I was just outside of a certain building. My office door had an outside wall going into the parking lot. And I was just outside that door and I just stopped and said to the Lord, Lord, I pray that one day I'll have the freedom to go to a conference and not have to take vacation time to go to a conference just to get encouraged, just to get fed. Well, you know, it wasn't wasn't all that long after that. In fact, now that I think about it, it's probably only a year or less after that, that the Lord opened the door and Kimberly and I began to work for the National Youth Office of our denomination. And I remember, you know, there were a lot of changes and I was asking questions, trying to understand the role. And I said, now, um, I asked the general supervisor, now, now, am I able to like go to a conference somewhere and, uh, you know, just to learn and to, to grow in this ministry, you know, with youth ministry and such? And he said, yeah, go to any conference you want to go to and just take it out of your budget. <laughs> He's not talking about my personal budget. He's talking about the ministry budget. I was happy to have one of those. Praise God. Praise God. And so now all of a sudden, I mean, just like that, just seemed like overnight. It was close to a year, but it just seemed like overnight. Now, all of a sudden, I I decide where I fly. I decide what conference I go to, what I learn. Amen. See, but you know what? All those years of not having the freedom, but longing And was also teaching me not to just be loosey-goosey and just go here and go there, run here and spend this and that and never get anything done. God's working on me. But I remember praying, praying, praying. See, I could have complained about it. Could have went and talked to other people about it. Never get to do anything, never get to go anywhere. How do they expect us to do it? You know, you know, you We always have valid complaints. Amen. But you know, we ought to pass them by 
and just bring them to the Lord. Let your request be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. We keep letting our request be made known in the form of a complaint to other people, and it just shows we don't have the character yet to be promoted to another level. Amen. Amen. I could just feel it in the room. Somebody's mad at me. And that might mean I'm doing a good job today. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 21 says, An inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Or at the end. An inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. People that know they're supposed to be promoted, know they're supposed to have something, but they're in a hurry, they're kind of pushing it along. Notice, an inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. So we can really forfeit the enjoyment of the promotion and the blessing God wants to give us because we're in a hurry and instead of letting the Lord do it, we push it. We push it. I remember, uh, oh, it must have been now at least seven or eight years ago that Pastor Jack Hayford was the president of Foursquare. I remember he, he uh, sent a message and said he'd like to have lunch. Well, I really wasn't. Uh, we knew who each other was. I knew more about him than he did about me. But we'd never been in a ministry relationship before. I, 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 you know, I, I had gone to his school of pastoral nurture. I'd heard him speak many, many times, of course. Uh, read some of his materials, but I really didn't have that close relationship with him uh, where we had, you know, gone to eat or anything like that. But I remember he just sent a message he'd like to have lunch. So we went to lunch, and I'm interested, of course, to know what this is about. And then he began to say, uh, he, he said, you know, I, I noticed some similarities between what happened on the, at the church on the way back in the 70s and 80s and what's happening at the Rock. He said, I just wanted to talk to you about that because I see something that the Lord's doing. Of course, I'm all ears. Yeah. One of the things he said, though, I'll never forget it. He said, because of what the Lord's doing in uh, the ministry there, he said, there are going to be things that present themselves to you. He said, but I I just want to encourage you not to grasp at them. Don't, Don't grasp at things. And let me just elaborate a little bit uh, on what he was saying to me that I was hearing that he didn't say. These are not all his words, but this is the idea that I was catching from him. That the more influence the Lord gives you, the more he promotes you, the more territory you have, so to speak, the more they'll be available to you just on the other side of the line. And because... You're big, so to speak, because you have influence. Well, the person just over the line or that opportunity just over the line may not have the same influence you do, may not have the same confidence you do. And you come to realize, you know what? I could just kind of nudge a little bit and get that too over in my territory and nudge a little bit and get that too. And And now you're taking more territory instead of waiting on the Lord to do it. He said, I encourage you not to grasp at things. 
but just let the Lord bring it to you. Well, I, I took that to heart. I took, not, not that I thought I was doing that, but I, I could see exactly what he was talking about. I, I could, I could uh, think of scenarios where I could pursue something when nobody's really offering it, but it's kind of right there. It's kind of right there. People even mention it. You know, why don't you do this? You know, why don't you do that? You know what you should do? You should do this or you should do that. But the Lord didn't say to do it. Amen. An inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. I've said to the Lord, whatever you don't give me, may I never have it. Wherever you don't take me, may I never get there. And whatever you don't do, let it remain undone. Because God can give you anything you need. Take you anywhere you need to go. And do anything that needs to be done without your help. But when we begin to push, when we begin to help God... We get in the flesh and we compromise and we prove to God that we're not ready to go to that next level. Joshua 1.5, God said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Don't you ever think that somebody can hold you back? Nobody, no boss, no leader, no overseer, no influential or wealthy person can stop you. If the Lord wants to promote you and you're ready, he will do it. See, if you believe that, you'll stop pushing. You'll stop opening your mouth and trying to talk to people so that they might say something here and there, dropping hints and everything. You'll stop all that. You'll say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to do what God told me to do right now. The key to the next level is always this level. Just do what he told you to do now and let God open the door. Amen. Romans 8.31, what what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Psalm 75, 6 and 7 in the King James, for promotion comes not from the east or the west or the south, but God's the judge. He puts up one and sets, uh, puts down one, sets up another. So you would think that this is the end of it, you know, David you know, told Saul, I cut the corner of your robe, I could have killed you. And Saul said, oh, I know you're going to be king now. You have the right character and such, but it's not. Saul kept pursuing David, trying to kill him, came back. This distressing spirit came back. And let me just hit this. Number four, David genuinely loved and cared for his leaders. This is different than being loyal. Sometimes You can be loyal to somebody because you know it's the right thing to do, but you don't love them. You don't love them. David was different. He was was loyal. Excuse me. He loved and cared for him. You know how I can tell? I, I can see David loved Saul by the way he reacted when Saul died. It wasn't, oh, that's too bad. My turn now though, right? Listen to what happened in 2 Samuel 1.11. Therefore David, when he heard that Saul had died, and Jonathan took hold of his own clothes and tore them. That's what they'd do back in that day when there was great emotion. 
he tore them. And so did all the men who were with him. See, you would think David and his men who were being chased by Saul and on the verge of being killed, you would think they would just yippee and rejoice. You know why they didn't? Because of their leader. Because of their leader. So you can tell often your character by those that you are over and influence. I've, had, I've seen it many times where a leader will say, hey, I'm good, but the people I'm under me, man, they're really struggling with things. And often I'll just smile and say, they're struggling with it because you're struggling with it. You're their leader. You, if you would help them process it according to the word of God, they wouldn't be struggling but you are reluctant. You're not helping them to process it because you don't want it to be processed. But now you're acting like your heart is right and blaming it on those people that are below you. They're just, they're just struggling with it. They're just having problems. Well, why haven't you walked them through the process? Help them to understand what their role is, how they should respond. See, look at David. Not only did David respond the right way, but all of his men. Nobody yipped and yayed and shouted, Woohoo! the one who was trying to kill us, ding dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> not a one of them. I said, not a one of them. Not a one of them. They all tore their clothes. The king that's been trying to kill us is the Lord's anointed, but he's dead. See, I'm talking about a different kind of character than we're used to in the world. Amen. Verse 12, and they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan, his son. This shows us he's unwilling to promote himself. This shows us he had a genuine love for his leader. He wasn't just plain like he was loyal so that he could fool God and somebody else. No, he was genuinely loyal from the heart and loved this man that was struggling, by the way, with evil and a, a, a demon spirit. I, I remember after my pastor went home to be with the Lord that there was somebody in a positional leadership of authority that was talking to me about uh, my pastor and and the ministry there and such and asking some questions and I felt like I had answered the questions with temperance you know what I mean by temperance like you can if you want to you you can you can just lay some fillet somebody I mean just lay somebody open just to expose you work with somebody enough years you got stories to tell you got things that could just make things look bad even if they weren't that big of a deal when you tell it it sounds like a big deal and i, I thought i i thought i used temperance in the way i answered the questions but i remember a couple days later my heart was convicted i felt like man i, I gave out I, I gave out more information than i should i answered questions with information did not need to be said. See, at, at the time, I thought, man, I, I really limited. I didn't do anything that was uh, disrespectful in any way, didn't take advantage of that opportunity. But a couple of days later, my heart was convicted about it. And I felt like, oh, I did. Well, now what am I going to do? 
I, what my heart wanted to do was, uh, since everything that I had said was true and it wasn't vicious, I, I, what I wanted to do is go apologize to my pastor and say, you know, I answered these questions, and, but I shouldn't have even done that. Well, he's, he's with the Lord. I, so I could say, God, tell him I apologize. And I really didn't know what to do, and I don't know whether I did the right thing or not, but you know what I did? I called his wife. And I said, can I talk to you? I said, man, my heart just feels bad about something. And I just explained the situation to her. And she was so gracious, so gracious, and said, well, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. She said, my husband knows you loved him. Don't worry about it. But see, something inside of me wanted to do something to rectify it, not just dismiss it like it's, well, that's no big deal. He'll never know. Well, he might. You know, these people that have died are still existing somewhere. Amen. They're not gone. They're just not here. And I know this. I haven't always done it right, but I want to. I want to, when I, was, when I was young, they used to have these, these seminars. Some of you would, would remember them. I forget what they called them. They changed the name at one point, Basic Life Principles or something. They'd you know, go to the Long Beach Arena and such. But they'd have these little pins with just letters. And you didn't have any idea what those letters meant. But then you'd ask somebody, what do all those letters mean? And they'd say, it's something like this. Please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. And you know, the Lord's working on us, isn't he? I said, the Lord's working on us. Praise God. Well, I don't know how, but we're going to get to the rest of these another time. <laughs> but we made some progress. We're up to number five. Praise God. We didn't cover number five, but we're up to it. Made it sound better, didn't it? <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Lord is wanting to expand you. And enlarge your territory. He wants to promote you. Yes, he wants to give you a raise and increase your income and salary. But he wants to do it in a way and at a time that he'll not have to go back and demote you and that it won't derail you in your life or even worse, your salvation. And the Lord's talking to us and he's saying, let, let me teach you my ways let me convince you that I will not forget you I will not overlook you if I feed every one of the billions of birds in the earth every day of how much more value are you to me I will not forget I'm paying attention to everything you do, everything you say. In fact, they're all recorded. So don't think for a moment that if you pull the belt in and cinch this character thing tighter to please me that I don't recognize that and that every knot you pull it in tighter to honor me that I won't honor you. The Lord says, I will. I will. I will be faithful.